like to <coughs> like to speak a little bit about each of this week's two parashiyas. What I mean is Zaysabracha, which we learned a few days ago, and Bracious, which we're going to learn tomorrow. And going to say there, I'd like to talk about the last words of Zaysabracha and uh, maybe a Havana, something to understand there. <coughs> As you all know, the last words of, of a Sefer Torah are La'ina Kal Yisrael. The last words in the Torah talk about that which Moshe accomplished, as Kol all the things Moshe accomplished, La'ina Kal Yisrael. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? If I asked you to come up with one thing, all the accomplishments of Moshe Rabbeinu, that the Torah should end with, I guess you would say either Matan Torah, maybe Kriyas Yamsuf, Kriyas Mitzrayim. Uh, Rabbeinu taught Torah to Klai so the Rebbe of everybody. And yet Rashi, on the last words, spring from the Gemara, says that Laine Kol Yisrael refers to Shvira Saluchais, the breaking of the Luchais. Yashakayach Shishibarata, the Rabbi Nishan said. The Maish Rabbeinu broke the Luchas. Chazal say that he did it on his own. He wasn't told to break the Luchas. And uh, the said, Seems very strange. That's the way you end Chalmishachim Shetayra. Everything Maish Rabbeinu did is the Shvir Saluchas. That's the way you end. What? It's like it's a tragic moment that my Rabbeinu never saw the Klaiyosos dancing around the eagle and he broke the luchas. There has to be some some meaning and uh, significance in it, and I'd like to share with you a idea which I saw. I believe it's in the name of Meir Shapiro. And uh, before I tell you the idea, I'd just like to, to introduce it with a, with a Havana of a, uh, uh, of a basic idea, and we'll come back to, <coughs> to explain it. I saw in the, uh, in the Sefer Dera Sicha, in Parshas Ekev, they quote Rav Chaim Knievsky, and they asked him a question. Uh, it seems it was a Tzara and a Mishpacha, somebody wasn't well. And the whole family was getting together to make a, uh, a sifa to Davin. And they asked Rav Chaim whether they should go to the Kaisel, to Davin, where the tefillah is with more srakshas, and it's, it's a makim that's more mesugal for tefillahs to be answered. Or better, they should stay in Debrak, find a place in Debrak to get together, and they're going to spend hours, it's a, it's a bit of... Uh, a number of hours till you go to the Kaisel, till you come back from the Kaisel. So they asked her, they asked for an eight, so what's better? Better to go to the Kaisel or better to Davin and B'nai Brak? So the language that they quote is that Rav Chaim said, he says, I never heard that when you make Cheshbainais of Davening, the Pitl Torah should come into the Cheshbain. He dismisses it. He says, if, you, if you're trying to figure out the best way to Davin, uh, why is Bethel Torah coming to the Cheshbon? Bethel Torah has nothing to do with it. Now you're talking about Davin? That's what Rav Chaim told them, which is a surprise. I, mean, I was reading it, and I assumed that Rav Chaim would tell them, better learn for two hours instead of traveling to the Kaisel. And Lamaisa, he said the other way. 
it uh, reminded me of something that I heard from Rav Meisha about 35 years ago I went with a, a Masif Tabacher to Rav Meisha. his mother was having surgery and we went uh, for a bracha after Shachas we done Shachas for Rav Meisha, and afterwards we went to went for a bracha and then I asked Rav Meisha if it's appropriate during Seder to take 10 people upstairs to a room when the surgery starts and to say tell them and again to my surprise I thought Rav Meisha would say in the middle of Seder you're going to go up and say tell them do it before Seder do it lunchtime so Rav Meisha said it is appropriate and he said the way he phrased it was the chayla davdem and the chayla davdem. The chayla needs schus of learning and needs schus of davening. They're two different schus. It's like two medicines. Davening is one thing, learning is something else. I always like to quote the end of Ramesh's the conversation because I asked Ramesh for how long we should go say tilim. So Ramesh said, as long as people are still having kavona the pirush hamilim of what they're saying. So we figured it wouldn't take. Well, that long out of Seder, but uh, but the Nikud is the same Nikud that the Cheshbonis of Bittel Torah and the Cheshbonis of Tefillah. When you're davening, the Cheshbonis of Bittel Torah, with reason, I guess, and don't go into the Cheshbon. I once saw in the Nesiv Shalom he writes that he asked an Adam Gadol. He doesn't say who. He asked an Adam Gadol on which chelik of Avoida should a person concentrate the most on his learning, on his davening on his chesed and which chelik of Avoida should a person put the, the most uh, consider the most important so he says that he was told whichever one you're doing now you should feel is the most important whatever you're in the middle of now if now you're davening so davening is most important if now you're learning, learning is most important. Now you're doing chesed. A person's attitude should be that whatever he's doing now, that's, that's the thing that's most important. That's the thing that, that counts the most. And it is that way. Somebody is, uh, sometimes people come, they collect tzedakah for some tzairach, and they talk to you like it's the biggest tzairach in the world. And it's hard to imagine why somebody's tzairachim. They're nice, the biggest tzairach in the world. But the person who's being Isaac in it, it's good. He should feel it's the most important thing in the world. The way to serve the Rabbi Shalom is whatever you do, you have to feel that there's an achitzas to it. And that's the idea that when it's time to daven, but the Torah is not a cheshman, right? When it's time to daven, then the cheshman is a daven. When it's time to learn, then the cheshman is the learning. And uh, there are different aspects of, of a person's avaida. The, the idea is that whatever you're doing you should do right they say from Yusuf Salantri he said what's a masnid a masnid is someone who learns when he's supposed to learn sleeps when he's supposed to sleep and eats when he's supposed to eat daven's when he's supposed to daven whatever it is you're doing do it do it as if it's, it's the most important thing do it right now I once asked Rav Palm if I'm in Rilush Shmeina Esrei, I have no Sosvard, I say Sim Shalom by Mincha. If I'm in Rilush Shmeina Esrei, and the Chazan starts Chazar Sashat, and I switch to Shalom Rav, I'll be able to get Kedusha. If I say Sim Shalom, I won't make Kedusha. If I switch to Shalom Rav, I'll be able to, so what's so bad? I'll say Shalom Rav, that's so terrible. 
So if Pam told me no, he said, when you're Davish, when you're Davish, when you're Davish, right. When it's time for Kedusha, you do whatever you have to do by Kedusha. You're Davish. To me, it seems that Hapichesh, the difference is Sim Shalom and Shalom Rav is minute, and the difference between saying Kedusha and not saying Kedusha is major. But it's the same attitude. It's an attitude that what you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, you have to do the right way. You have to do the correct way. So this is a this is an attitude. It's a way a, a person should should deal in his avodas Hashem. Whatever you're doing, do it right. There's no there's no downtime. There's a time to do this. You do this. There's a time to rest. There's a time to rest. Is it whatever? When it's a time to learn, it's a time to learn. It's a time to daven. It's a time to daven. Whatever you're doing, you should feel it's the most important thing. Getting back to Rabbi Shapiro on the Shvir Saluchis. He says, he says really a, a, a wonderful word. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu was told by the Rabbani Shalom that Kaisal served the eagle, created an eagle, and bowed to an eagle, and danced around an eagle. And the Rabbani Shalom said, take the luchas and go down. The Rabbani Shalom didn't tell him to throw away the luchas. Hashem gave him the luchas. The Gemara says, Shloisha Devarim Asa Moshe Rabbeinu Mi'atzmai Kashbachu Hiskimal Yadai And one of them is Shriya Saluchas. The Rabbani Shalom didn't tell him to break the luchas. Meish Rabbeinu, he made a cheshman. He said, I can come with these luchas. I can come with this mountain taira. If I come with these luchas, if I come with this mountain taira, it's not the best. It's always going to be a mountain taira that's tainted. It's a bidiyeva mountain taira. It's a mountain taira that was done with, with problems. In life, a lot of times we have an opportunity to do something and you have a choice. You can be patient and do it right. Or you can be impatient and do it wrong. And do it half-baked. Wrong, I don't mean wrong. But do it. It's not the gamri the way it should be. You know, I'm, I'm, one of my many Yetzirahists is that I'm not such a patient person. So when I go to do things, I just want to get it done and get it over with. But a lot of times, you know, I have to go back and... Uh, uh, go back and fix it later because it's just you know it's not done the right way. It's a uh, you know, went to uh, to an eye doctor to try to get uh, the bifocal type glasses. By the time I waited uh, 45 minutes in the waiting room, I was already crawling out of my skin. So by the time I went in, I just said, "Just give me whatever you have." Enjoy. And uh, is it good? Yeah, it's good. Just wanted to get out of there. So I said, I got them, but they don't really work. I don't know what to do. So, you know, I'm no worse than it was before, really. Except I'm down about $350. But uh, that's my nature. It's not good. The right way to do things is to be patient and do it right. Patient, do it right. And if you're impatient, you don't do it right. Moshe Rabbeinu came down with the Luchas. He had a choice. Barashon told me, give him the luchas. These luchas are always, it's a tainted giving of the Torah. Giving the Torah to, to Kal Yisrael, that includes 3,000 people that were Mamishayv De'avayda Zara, that were Chayav Misa. There are many others that stood around. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, it's better to do it the right way. He broke the luchas. He says, it's better to start again than than to, uh, than to go with something that's half done, that's half baked. 
Yisrael is not what Moshe Rabbeinu did because Rabbi Shalom wanted to do it and that's why he did it. The Le'inekal Yisrael is a lesson that Moshe Rabbeinu took by Yisrael that you do things do things with patience you do things the right way you make sure it's done right you're bringing the luchas the luchas have to come the right way this is not the way the luchas should come the luchas is also not luchas rishayinus but at least they came they came down on Yom Kippur they came down on a day that's forever a, a day of Kapara do things the right way even if it takes waiting he says that all the three things that also Gemara says Gimel were all the same thing what are the three things Meshur Rabbeinu did on his own? Hosef Yom Echad Midaitoi Bamat Taira He created a third day of Yemei Hagbala. The Rosh Hashanah said you can have two days of Hagbala it'll be enough. And Meshur Rabbeinu added a third day. He said two days is enough. When you're doing it do it the best way. Don't do it in a way that's good enough. Good enough is not good enough. When you want it the serve the Rabbi Nishan, do it the right way. We'll wait three days. My Shabbat understood. I don't know how a person can make a cheshbon. The Rabbi says two days, the end of day. I, I don't know. But my Shabbat understood that it's Kedai. And the third thing was he was Parish Meyishtai. Why was he Parish Meyishtai? My Shabbat, who's Dargov Nevoah, he wanted it should be the perfect Dargov Nevoah, not good enough. It was good enough for other Nevim, was not good enough for my Shabbat. He's perish me yishtay with Arashos in order that he should never be Tame and never uh, have to wait for uh, the Rabbanishalom to answer him. So he had a shyly, he asked the He got through right away. All three Nakudas are Nakudas where Moshe Rabbeinu said, the Rabbanishalom said something is good enough, and I say, it's not good enough, but I want to do more. I want to do better. The words good enough we have to train ourselves to use the words good enough for buying clothing and buying ice cream and even buying a car and all the Gashmi's things they have to be good enough not for davening not for learning and not for mitzvahs the idea that something is good enough it's adequate it's a mahalach hamachshava in Dealing with Olam Hazedika things. Supper, you want a good supper? Is it a good enough supper? It doesn't have to be. Uh, if clothing is good enough, then it's good enough. It doesn't have to be, you know, the shidduch's not going to go better because the clothing is, your imagination is the one darga higher. Good enough is Olam Hazed. I'm not saying you got things that are bad, but good enough is Olam Hazed. For serving the Rabbi Nishon, whatever you're doing, you should feel. It's the most important thing. You should roll up your sleeves and make it be Bahatzlacha. Whatever you're doing, you're making Kiddush, you should say Kiddush clearly, as if it's the most important thing you're going to do the whole day. And when you're davening, your davening should be, it should be that way. It doesn't matter if you're saying Oleinu, on the way out, or in the middle of Shemin Esrei, or in the middle of Sukkot Zimra. Whatever you're doing then, should be done the right way, not good, not good enough. The right way. Rav Schwab has this idea, he says in, in Parshas Pinchas, actually, at the end of Parshas Balak, uh, when Pinchas kills, uh, kills Zimri, 
the Lushen of the Gemara, which I believe Rashi brings, is that Pinchas went over to Maish Rebbe and he said, aren't we supposed to kill him? The Lushen he said uh, there is Loikach Lamadetanu Avi Abba. Didn't you teach us, my, my great uncle? Isn't that what you taught us when you came down from Arsinai? So Schwab asks, that's the first thing Meshavir comes after the Torah from Arsinai. He's got to tell you all about kosher and about tefillin and about Kriya Shabbat. So the first thing he taught them, is he taught them, that's the first thing. You take a, 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 somebody wants to be a guy, you start teaching him halachas. The first thing you teach him is Kanon Paigenbai. Doesn't make any sense. Rashwa teaches Loi Kachlan at the Tonu, Achiaviaba. Didn't you teach us? Bishoshi Radamarasin, you came down from Arsina, you broke the Luchas on your own. You taught us that when something has to be done, you do it. You do it. That's Kanon Paigenbai. Kanon Paigenbai is. You do it. You don't have to do it. But you do it. So that's the idea of the La'ene Kal Yisrael, of what Moshe Rabbeinu taught Kal Yisrael. Good enough is for something else. In serving the Rabbeinu Shalaylam, you do the best for you. You don't just be a stipler. But you do the best for you. And every time you're doing something, you should have that hergish that what you're doing now is the most important thing. What you're doing now is, is uh, significant. It's that way, it's that way within a relationship at home. In a relationship between a husband and a wife, it, that it should become just uh, uh, sort of a casual thing. You come home and then it's not important what you say, it's not important. You know, you're home, you kick off your shoes and you relax. In a relationship with a husband, a husband and a wife's relationship, what, what you do every day you walk in has to be the most important thing. What you're doing now is the most important thing. The way you relate has to be on your mind all the time. If it's on your mind all the time, then you do it without slacha. Not just good enough. Good enough is for the way you talk to the doorman. Good enough is for the way you talk to the, the, the person in the, in the grocery. You're nice. But good enough is not the way you deal at home. Good enough. Not good enough. You know, I, only, I only get angry once a week. It's not good enough. At home, it's not good enough. Good enough is for, is for Gashmistika things. For Dvarim Shabiktusha, there's no good enough. Whatever you're doing now is the most important thing. And that idea, that Hergish is, is Roy to be Saif Kalataira, the Laini Kal Yisrael. That you wait, wait, let things happen the right way, even if it takes patience, it takes effort. It took a lot to go from the, to another set of luchas. Moshe Rabbeinu, forty days and forty days. That's Moshe Rabbeinu's lesson, and with that, the Torah ends. The Torah ends with that lesson. It's an important lesson, I think, that um, in general, in general, we become lackadaisical, and uh, it, it's it's always later that a person looks back and he realizes he could have done more. It's the beginning of his man. You want it to work. You want it to work. It's not going to work if you roll in uh, an hour before Shear. It's not going to work for Seder. It's not going to work for Shear. 
And it's always that way. The guys who are coming in an hour later, the guys who come in 9 o'clock, 9.30, they're running in and sitting down to learn. The guys who roll in 10, 10.30 are all coming in with their coffees and relaxing, and you know, sauntering in as if there's no rush. It's not... Uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's a bidieva. The bidieva is not the way to go. Chatzchila is Fakir Mitzvahs. Chatzchila is, you know, you figure out, figure out what, what Sadara makes sense for you and make it work. But I'm not complaining about those who come 10 or 10.30. I'm complaining the ones who come 10 and 10.30 are not coming. They're, you know, they're uh, you know, relaxed, very relaxed. That's the way it should be. Even let's say the reverse one's happy with you coming 10.30. Let's say. After all, at the Chazidah, etc. But let's say he's happy. But he's not happy. He come in 10.30 as if it's unimportant. Whatever you do, do, do to your best. Whatever you do. When it's time to eat, you eat. When it's time to sleep, you sleep. When it's time to learn, you learn. The master does what he has to do. I once had an interesting incident here in Yeshiva. With, uh, with a young man who he was here in Shia for a year or two and then he was learning with the, with the Kyle for a few years uh, very close with him and he was dating so he was dating for a number of years and uh, he dated a, fr- uh, a daughter of a friend of mine a friend of mine called me and asked me about him and I said you know, I like the guy very much he's wonderful and uh, he dated her so I went on a date so after the day, my friend called me. He said, okay, it's over. It's not, not again. But I just want to give you advice. Tell him that on his first day, he shouldn't tell the girl all his chesreinus. The first day, he shouldn't pile on all the chesreinus. You know, it just scares a person away. So I went over to him. I said, on the first day, you tell you all your chesreinus? He says, well, aren't you supposed to be open? You know, waste my time, you know. Aren't you supposed to be open? So, yeah, but you know, you tell these many chesreinists the first date, you know, she's figuring by the eighth date it's going to be, you know, who knows what. <laughs> Itaka was a ticket for him. I don't know. It was a ticket for him. Eh? Didn't get married. It would be a nice story if the next girl he got married, you know. But, uh, but he got married shortly thereafter. He didn't understand. Live your strengths. Live your strengths. Don't live your weaknesses. Live your strengths. Do what you can do well. Do what you're able to do the proper way. Do it well. Do it the way it should be. I once uh, saw, if I may, a uh, there was a, a pitcher who was was famous in my day. He pitched for the Twins, so nobody else ever heard of him. But he was he led the league in strikeouts every year. I once read. I think he got to the Hall of Fame. And he said, he credited a pitching coach. This fellow had the best fastball. He struck out everybody. So when he was early in his career, he was working on a curveball. So his pitching coach told him, why are you putting so much effort into your curveball? You're not going to be a star based on your curveball. You're going to be a star based on your fastball. Work on your fastball. That's how he gave credit. Live your strengths. Do what you can do and do it well. Do it well. The Vaidya Hashem, do what you can do and do it well. However many hours it could be, do it well. Don't come in and patch away the time. Whatever you figure is a proper say the Hayyan for you, do it. But do it the proper way. Do it the right way. 
Don't do it half-baked. So that's a thought going into this man. I think uh, on I had this thought on Yom Kippur. We we ended Kiyas. We end Yom Kippur with the Kiyah So it bothers me a little bit because you never have just the Kiyah Every place that is a Chiyav Tkiyah Shaifer, it's always, it's always with a Trua, Shvarim Trua. Right? There's a Chiyav Rosh Hashanah, there's a Chiyav An Yavel. It's always, there's never a Tkiyah by itself. It's always a Shvarim Trua. Shvarim Trua symbolizes crying. And it's a sandwich by two Tkiyahs. So what? Yeah, there's no Trua there. Remember that? Okay. Okay. So, so it bothered me why why there's a why why just a tekiah. Besides, I blow shayfer. You know, I'd like to blow a little more at least. You know, like uh, you know, one tekiah. That's all I get at the end of Yom Kippur. You know. So I was thinking about it. It says the Gemara says that on Rosh Hashanah you have a shayfer that's that's bent, a bent shayfer. There's a mandiyama that says that on Yom Kippur you should have a straight shayfer, like a trumpet type shayfer. The Gemara says such a lashon. It says, "Rosh Hashanah, kama dekafet finish daita itfeimali." Rosh Hashanah, the more you bent, the better it is. And by Yom Kippurim, kama deposhet finish daita itfeimali. And Yom Kippur, it's good. You should be straight. It's a very hard Gemara. Everybody has a very hard time explaining it. The idea of Rosh Hashanah, you should be bent. Daven b'achna, that we understand. Achna is truva. Daven b'achna. What does it mean? What does it mean? The opposite of Achna. Achna is true. Be machni yourself. What does it mean? On Yom Kippur, Kama the Poshet is Daitet Feimali. So I was thinking that when you're doing Shuva, you're Achna, you do Shuva. So you work on it, you work on it all, start with Shoshanah, at least by Yom Kippur you get started. It's time to do Shuva. When it's over, the tkiyas at the end of the day. When it's all over, you have to walk out. You have to walk out with a tkiyah You have to walk out with your strengths. Whatever it is that you resolve to do, not bent, but standing. Standing with a resolution to do, to accomplish. is for a certain time, and standing tall, standing proud is for a different time. So that's this idea. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge to be able to uh, to live your strengths, even if you realize that there are bigger gedolim than you in Klal Yisrael, and there are even a bigger masmidim than you in the yeshiva, and there, there are more. What you can do, you have to do 100. percent What you can do, you have to do without. Whatever you're doing, do right, do correctly. And if you make kiddush at home, if you make kiddush tonight at home. Say it clearly. It counts. It's, when you're saying Kiddush, you take a minute of your life and you're doing it. Do it. Do it the right way. Do this is the most important. Rav Druk used to make fun. He, uh, Rav Druk, Mordechai Druk used to give shmuzen that were very uh, popular among yeshiva light in, uh, in, uh, in the base Hamusar in uh, Meisharim. Rav Druk was, uh, he was a personality, those who still remember him. So Rav Druk used to say, I remember once I was sitting there, when I went there summer, I used to go. So he, he, he said, how do you make a bracha by Tkiyah Shaifer in Shur? 
So what do you do? Chazon is Baruch right? How do you bench? You know, you bench like that. See, I don't understand. Benching is a mitzvah deraisa. The bracha on the shayfer is not even makiv. I mean, it's a mitzvah to say a bracha, but the yitzur shayfer would have to bracha. So bracha on the shayfer is Baruch right? And benching is mumbled. Once a year. Doesn't make any sense, huh? Once a year versus so I'll tell you the truth, I was sitting there in Shul Eibol Shaifer, and I say, Baruch, you know, I'm the one who says it. So I say, no, he's right. I'm going to try by benching. In the Kabbalah, not all benching, just Baruch Hashem to say, I'll say it to myself, not out loud, but uh, say it in again, I'll say it clearly. That's what I remember thinking. So he spoke right before Maharav, Yudavah Maharav. See, now how Kabbalah was. That night, by Malav Malka, I forgot about it. The next day I remembered, I think he did it once, maybe he did it twice. Forget about it. Whatever you're doing should be the most important thing. When it's time to bench, that's the most important thing. Most important thing, you have to work on it. And certainly when you're in yeshiva, when you learn, that's the most important thing. And when it comes Shabbos afternoon, you have to have a say the Shabbos afternoon. That's the most important time of the week. When Sunday comes, then that's the most important time of the week. There has to be a sense of urgency. All right, this is my thought. I thought it was a beautiful part uh, from May Shapiro uh, regarding Laina Kal Yisrael. Do it the right way. Even if it takes effort, it takes time, it takes patience, do it right. All right, let's move on to Bereshis. Bereshis, I wanted to talk to you about this idea of Bereshis and the fact that we grow up in our own little time zone and uh, we don't realize you know it's a hard thing you know, there are a billion uh, Muslims they're chopping off each other's heads so it'll go down a bit and there are a billion who claim to be Christians or Catholics and there are 1.2 billion Chinese which why God needs 1.2 billion Chinese is one of the mysteries of the Bria and you know there are uh, 12, 13 million of us and you know there are all mishpachis you know half the Jews don't know they're Jews and sometimes you don't realize in the picture of of the history of the world we're Klal Yisrael is an appreciation of the uniqueness of Klal Yisrael. All the other faiths, all the other beliefs, all changed, all disappeared, all dissolved. You know, it, it was uh, till, till the Churban Bayis, uh, after the Churban Bayis Rishon, there was just Avay Dezara or Yiddishkeit. These religions didn't exist. When Yitzhar of Avay Dezara was bottled, so they scrambled. They couldn't even make up their own religions for the most part. They just sort of... Uh, the borrowed off Yiddishkeit. You know, the Welt says there are three major religions, right? Lahavdul. Islam, Catholics, and the Jews. Lahavdul. Who are we? We're a little family. How many are we? A handful of people. But everything came from us. I want to tell you about Bracious Baralikim. I was once at a Sheva Brachis. Somebody, somebody was a shir. God, it was in the man who was in the country, and uh, no, it wasn't Peshev, It was a pinyan ben. So I was sitting there. I was sitting next to someone. Someone introduced me from fellow who's a professor of astronomy in 
in one of the Massachusetts, one of the Boston universities. So I told him, I told him the following. I, I told him I have this kasha for years, and you know, it's not important enough for me to, uh, to call an astronomer, but once we're sitting here anyway, let me tell you what I don't understand. A lot of things I don't understand, but this is something that bothered me. Now, you know the world today believes in what they call the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory means the world started at a certain moment with an explosion. And uh, there was a beginning of time. How long ago it was, so they have to look at days, you know, a billion years this way, that way, whatever, whatever the sheetas are. It varies in different periods anywhere from 7 billion to 13 and a half billion years ago, whatever sheeta they hold. You should know that until the late 1950s, most astronomers, most scientists, from the times of the Greeks, the Greeks, I mean the Yavanim of Hanukkah fame, till, till about 1960, most astronomers didn't believe in the Big Bang Theory. They believed, they called the steady state theory. The world always existed. Ha'ilam Kadmain. That's, that's the Lashon the Ramam calls the, the Yavanim. They believed the Ilam Kad, the world always existed. There was no beginning. No beginning. Einstein believed in the steady state theory. Until he was disproved towards the end of his life. How was he disproved? So there's a fellow named Hubble. They named him after the telescope. The fellow named Hubble, Charles Hubble, I think, was very into telescopes. And he proved that all of the celestial bodies are speeding away from Earth at tremendous speeds. Everything's moving. It's not standing still. It looks like it's standing still. It's moving. He was able to prove that it's moving. However, he did that. Now, if everything's moving, so if you go back in time, everything is going this way. It's nothing altered. You know, there's no remote control up in space that altered courses. So it started from one spot. So the whole scientific world was made uh, that there had to be a beginning. There had to be uh, a bracious. How did the bracious come? So from 1960 to 1990, they scrambled to find some other explanation other than God, which they weren't interested in. So they're, they're, that's what they're working on. Alright, that's the background. So I want to tell you the question I asked this man. He's an astronomer. I, I told him, this is the kasha always bothered me. Tell me if it makes sense to you. We're on Earth. So when they take telescopes and they look, everything is speeding away from Earth at the same speed. That's why they say it all came from one explosion. Everything's speeding away at the same speed. So I told him, I have this cache, I don't understand it. Let's say there's an explosion right here. And projectiles go this way and that way, and this way and that way, all directions. So Earth is one of those projectiles, right? So it's flying, let's say, to my right. It's flying this way. So if we're on Earth and we're busy flying this way, we take a telescope, when we look that way, and look that way, it should be different. When things are going the same direction as us, they should be speeding away from us at a certain speed. When we look at the telescope the other way, it should be speeding away at least twice the speed. You guys clap? You see what I'm saying? Right, if you have an explosion right here in the middle, and, uh, and things fly in two directions. So if you're sitting on something flying this way, the things going with you, they're not changing position from you very much. 
going the same you know the opposite direction that's uh, going away from you at a very a very fast speed right if you're on a bicycle and there are people going the same direction so even if they're faster than you they're not going much faster than you they're going the opposite direction they're going very far that's a good question no? that's a great question no? No, the, the science books all say earth is not the center that's one of the cloud goggles that they know the Shavish of Afi courses any, any book that explains this says man thought earth is the center of everything we're not we're just a little lifeboat in a sea of Caesar we're not the center of anything so why is everything speeding away that, that, that's my question you have to pose a very good question so he answered me he answered me he said imagine you take a balloon you take a balloon you make dots on the balloon and then you blow up the balloon as you blow up the balloon each dot is becoming further away from every other dot right as you blow up the balloon every dot is becoming further away from every other dot there's no dot going in the same direction as the balloon why? because the, the space on which it sits is becoming bigger Right? the balloon is, getting, is becoming bigger and everything the, the space itself is expanding so then the space between the two dots any dot is going to become bigger at the same speed because the balloon is getting blown up at the same speed in all directions he said that science believes that before the big bang there was no such thing as space space itself is being created as the stars speed away Space itself, Mokim, is also a Bria, it's also creation. And it's also speeding away. So I told him, I can't believe it. You know, the Maral said hundreds of years ago, space, Mokim is a creation. And before creation, there was no time, there was no space. And everyone said, it's ridiculous. The whole world made fun of it. How could space be a creation? How can you have a world with no space? And today, science itself is saying, space is being created before that there was no space whatever that means our minds don't understand it so when the morale says it you know it's mystical but now the scientists are saying it it's the strangest thing my point is that the more they try to find excuses to deny a Bairiyalam the more they're going back to what the Chachmi Yisrael said years ago you know who's the first recorded source for the Big Bang what's the first recorded source the Ramban and Parshish Parashish. The Ramban says everything was created in the first instant. And the rest of the days, Akash Baruch put it in its right spot. Separated, put it in space. It says everything was created in the first instant, and afterwards, everything was sorted out. The Ramban says. But the Ramban said it, it was mystical today. My point is that uh, whenever the world tumbles over the Yidden, it's just uh, it's a physic it's a physic in Aramuna that there's still you know you go on the plane within a, and you meet another Jew you talk to him long enough either you know his cousin or you know his neighbor or you're related to him you know something we're one little family how are we all the and the whole melt was over us the whole melt was over and as science gets more and more uh, advanced discovering more and more things that uh, you know that we believed all along it's the whole idea of voracious of the Big Bang, the so-called Big Bang theory. It should be a chizik and except that people aren't in tune enough to know. To know.
anyway, that's my thoughts. If you're looking for a word to stay over at uh, Sheva Brachis, uh, try the first one for today, not the second one. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I hope we have a good Haskalas Asman on Sunday. There is a shear from Rav Nachum. I made copies. It'll be on my shtender on Sunday morning. And I hope everyone will get into the sugya properly. We should all have a wonderful Asman together. Sunday is the most important day of his month. Take it good.